Did you know the Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Do you find yourself stumped by questions about how much to put towards your mortgage payments versus your investments or into your pension versus saving for children? It may be time for a midlife financial MOT. We speak to a woman who cleared credit card debt to the tune of £16,000. And some recent research suggests the real reasons behind Britain's growing tax gap. Welcome to The Money Show, the FT's weekly podcast on personal finance and investing. I'm James Pickford, Deputy Editor of FT Money, and I'll be giving you this week's money news in downloadable form. Here at FT Money, we know that readers often ask themselves how they should balance the multiple financial commitments in their lives. The need for investment against housing costs, paying for children's education, putting money into a pension or taking advantage of tax breaks. If those are dilemmas you recognise, you're probably one of the millions of people in their 40s and 50s being targeted by financial advisors who say you're in need of a midlife financial MOT. Lucy Warwick-Ching has been writing about this development for our FT cover feature this week and joins us in the studio. Lucy, where has this come from, this idea of the midlife MOT? People have been talking about it for a while, but there's a couple of companies, Aviva and Legal in General, that have been piloting their own schemes. So, It's come from people working longer, you know, this idea that people hit their 40s and 50s and, you know, if they will be working much longer, they need to reassess their finances and work out actually if they are on track for retirement. So companies like Aviva and Legal in General being proactive and offering the financial MOTs for their employees to actually make sure that they're happy and, you know, that they're financially aware and that they have an understanding of their finances. And the government has also been looking into doing a kind of a bit more of a basic midlife MOT. The Department of Work and Pensions have been working with companies like Aviva and Legal in General and starting to think about how to educate people into having a better understanding of their finances. So what are the sort of pressures when you reach that uh, 40 to 50 or so age bracket? Well, this is a really interesting idea because this is a new generation of people that have kind of been labelled the sandwich generation because as we're living much longer, people are having multiple um, pressures on their finances. So they're kind of battling from all sides. They p- perhaps have young children that are still in very expensive childcare. And they also have parents that are living longer. So they are in, in need of perhaps care costs and, and things like that. But they're also, you know, busy professional people. They've got their own careers to support. And, you know, things like house prices are not getting any cheaper. And uh, so they've got all these financial pressures. And they are having to juggle a lot of things. 
So these are pretty thorny questions. You know, the, these balancing acts, the trade-offs you have to make. How do you get answers to them? Well, that's it. It's, it is actually the trade-off. So people need to sit down and assess their finances as a whole and think about all these things that they want to pay for. So they may have, you know, an, a mortgage that's outstanding. And if they get some extra money, should they put that into the mortgage? Or would they be better off perhaps putting it into their pension? Because then it would have a much longer time to get the benefits of compound interest. Or they may have university fees or uh, private education fees for their children. So it's just really sitting down and thinking about how to make your financial products work for you and, you know, whether you should put money into one pot and take more investment risk or whether you should keep the money in cash because you really might need it in the next few months. And one of the things you mentioned earlier was tax breaks. How does that play into these decisions? Well, advisors that I've been speaking to have said that rather than anything else, you just need to start maximising your tax benefits. So, before you you know, decide whether to invest in one particular fund, you really should sit down and think, am I paying too much tax? Could I be making the most of these tax products? So things like higher earners should think about maximising their pension savings. So while you're getting these high earnings, should you be using your full allowances? And then there are other tax efficient investments that people can use. Make sure both of you are using your ISA investments and then things like VCTs if you do have surplus income. Venture capital trusts are they? Yes exactly. If you do have extra income that you can invest then you can get up to 30% tax break on those. Lucy Warwick-Ching thank you very much indeed. You can read Lucy's cover feature in full in the FT this weekend. Now this week the government announced details of new measures to help people trapped in problem debt giving them a six-month breathing space when interest payments will be frozen and halting any enforcement action from creditors. Many people who find themselves in in a problem debt situation are on low incomes, but it can also very easily be a problem for those in more affluent households. Lynn James, an entrepreneur and blogger who writes the Mrs Mummy Penny blog, uh, as distinct from the (laughs) FT's Mrs Money Penny, uh, found herself experiencing her own debt nightmare when she ended up with £16,000 borrowed on credit cards and no obvious means of clearing it. Lynn, it's very good of you to come in and speak to us. Tell Thank us your you story. for having me. Can I start by asking you how you uh, got to this point and what sort of a life you had uh, in terms of financial terms, what sort of a lifestyle you were leading up to then? Yeah, so um, we need to reverse back a couple of years to when I took my head out of the sand and had my crisis moment, let's just call it. Um, So I work in Paddington for EE. I was a senior commercial manager earning a fair chunk of money. But I've got three young boys. uh, So at the time they were two, five and seven. And I was working full time. I was working 12 hour days. And Paddington's quite difficult to get to from Hertfordshire. (laughs) Uh, So it was an hour and a quarter commute. And um, I just couldn't hack it anymore. So I um, got redundancy from EE, which was an incredible opportunity. I always think redundancy is an opportunity. And that was, I'd worked for them for a few years. So it's a nice chunk of money. And that was my gift to start properly going with Mrs. Mummy Penny and focusing on it full time because it had been a hobby for a couple of years. So This is a blog about personal finance. This is a blog and it's, it's aimed at women mm-hmm. um, who almost want financial freedom. And I know that sounds a bit naff, but <laughs> I, I, I want to inspire people that it is possible to be free from sort of financial troubles and it is possible to make life 
simpler from a financial point of view. Um, and we, as women, also need to think about um, preparing for the future. So yeah, I, I cover a lot of, I cover sort of short-term, medium-term and long-term finances. So, so um, my redundancy, which was £40,000, which I know sounds like a lot of money. Um, I live in Hertfordshire, though. I've got an expensive mortgage. I'm the main breadwinner. I splurged on a holiday to Las Vegas. I splurged on a holiday to Spain with the family for two weeks. So that was 10 grand gone on those two holidays. Um, and I, obviously I needed to use my redundancy money to pay the mortgage and the bills and the food. So because um, I didn't earn any money for the first year, this is all on company's house. But I turned over £2,000 in my first year of Mrs. Mummy Penny. Woohoo. <laughs> um, it takes a long time to grow blogs. Of course. To get them earning money. And basically, it didn't start earning money quickly enough. So I I got to, there was a few months, and I'm embarrassed to admit it, but there was a few months where I had to um, pay the mortgage with a credit card. Right. So um, I eventually took my head out of the sand, April 2017, and added it all up. And it was, a oh my gosh, £16,000. So you, had, you found yourself in this position. What... You know, what did you do? How did you set about getting out of it? And what kind of sacrifices did you have to make? Uh, an, inc- an incredible amount of sacrifices because the problem was, was so I was working in London, living this city life and wearing certain clothes and wearing certain makeup. And I couldn't sustain that lifestyle, if I'm ultimately honest. But I was carrying on that lifestyle whilst I still had that redundancy money because I was like, yeah, I've got loads of money in the bank. Because if, if I've got money in the bank, there's just a automatic thing with me in particular to spend it I've got like a I I emotionally spend I think a lot of women emotionally spend because you see you see somebody looking great in something on Instagram and it's somebody who you really admire and you buy that top it's sort of life now which is worrying because it creates debt as it did with me so what I did was I sat down with a friend. She's amazing with money and she's written about money for her entire career and she's a really good friend. And we ripped apart my budget, literally ripped it apart. And we came up with a plan together and she held me accountable to that plan. The plan involved doing what? So rejig my debt to, um, to check my credit rating. My credit rating was good because of my previous um, corporate work and restructure my debt to move it to 0% credit cards for as long as possible. Okay, so um, I moved a big chunk over to a credit card that gave me three years, 0%. So I I had some breathing space. But then I had two credit cards. It was about two or 3,000 on them, which I couldn't switch because one was a business credit card. um, One was like a foreign currency credit card. So they were charging me interest of 18%. So that gave me an order of how to start paying off the debts. So yeah, restructure your debt and then look at your budget as I did with Faith and just stop everything that is non-essential. And that means, I I didn't even recognise it, but stop giving money to charity. Um, But if you're in debt, you need to be giving money to yourself. Of course. Stop putting money into the children's savings. Stop any investments. Because I was putting money into a stocks and shares ISA happily. And just go through every essential bill, broadband, energy, mobile phone, and make sure you're on the absolute best deal. You just give your company a call. Ask them if you're on the best deal. They'll either give you a different deal or you switch. 
And you did make quite good progress with this, but then you slipped back. Yeah. So summer holidays are really difficult for any mum listening to this, whether you're working or not, because so me and my freelance life, I know in a few weeks time, I've got six weeks worth of, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with three boys for six weeks? They're now 11, nine and six. So I'm trying to focus on that. But where I made the mistake was I didn't save up enough emergency money to cover those um, extended costs in the summer holidays. I got the guilt, mum guilt of, um, oh, everybody else is going on holiday. I need to take my family on holiday. So we still went on holiday. And even a week's, I think we went to Centre Parks for a week last year and it still cost three and a half grand. Uh, it was in France, so it was actually cheaper than the UK. And um, the freelance world as well, it it gets quieter in the summer. So not only were my expenses going up, my income went down. So I ended up slipping back in 2017 and 2018. But it's not going to happen in 2019 because I've learned my lesson. I've been through it twice. Now I've got some, you know, emergency fund coffers. I've structured my business a little bit differently, so I've got guaranteed work. You paid for your holiday in advance. I paid for my holiday. I when I, I paid off the debt in April, and I know this is extravagant, but I went to Las Vegas with my best friend. <laughs> I hope you didn't put it all on black. <laughs> no. <laughs> but but the thing was that I had the money to pay for it, and I paid for it in advance. I got all my spending money in advance, so nothing of it went on debt, and it was it was just an incredible feeling of, doing something when you've saved up for it? Because I've never done that in my life. I've always lived on credit. So it sounds like you're happy now. You're satisfied with your level of income and savings and spending. Mm. Um, Do you still have credit cards? Uh, No, I cut them all up. But I do have an American Express because you get really good cash back on it. So I put all my shopping and petrol on it and pay it off in full each month. So there's no interest charges, but I get 300 quid a year in cash back. Good, Good tip there. Well, thank you very much, Lynn James, uh, author of the Mrs. Mummy Penny blog. You can read her personal account of recovering from credit uh, in indebtedness at www.ft.com slash money. Now, it turns out that each and every year there's a substantial difference between what the Treasury estimates is going to get from taxpayers and what taxpayers actually report on their self-assessment returns. Emma Agumang, FT Money's tax reporter has been looking at some new research into the annual tax gap, which finds this difference has now reached £8 billion and involves mistakes made by an estimated one-third of self-assessment taxpayers. Emma, those are pretty staggering figures. Who's come up with them? Yeah, they are staggering, James. So the research was produced by an academic at the University of Warwick called Dr Iran Advani. And what he did was that he looked back at audits that HMRC does. Every year, HMRC does a certain number of audits. So what HMRC does is that they do a certain number of random audits. And what they'll do is they'll look into self-assessment tax returns that people have submitted. And what Dr. Advani did was that he looked back at 10 years of this data. And he found that in 36% of cases, there had been errors in the tax returns that HMRC had uncovered through these audits and people generally had underreported. And so on average, the additional amount that these random audits found that people needed to pay an additional tax was about £2,000. But what was also interesting about this research was that um, that's the average 
amount, but actually there was a small group of people, around 2% of people who submitted returns, who owed a lot more than the average. And he estimated that 2% of people were contributed to about £4 billion of unpaid tax. Mm, that's extraordinary. So how does the research explain that that divide? Well, he said that, you know, it's not quite that we're a nation of tax cheats, as he puts it, <laughs> <laughs> because most of those people are paying relatively or are underreporting relatively small amounts. So it could be mistakes, genuine mistakes, but you know, it's, it's basically it's, it's unclear because with self-assessment, you, there is the potential to deliberately underreport as well as obviously make mistakes. And did the, did the research reveal the characteristics of the people who, who were underreporting? Um, it did. There were some interesting points that came out of that, actually. One was that men were more likely to underreport than women. So in these random audits, he found that 40% of men were found to owe additional tax when they looked, when it, then their returns came to be audited, compared with 27% of women. Mm. Also, self-employed people, around 60% of them were found to have underreported their income in, in these audits. And certain industries had tended to have people underreport more than others. So, for example, construction, transport and hospitality, more than half the people in, in all those industries tended to underreport their income. That's interesting. What does HMRC say about this tax gap? Well, HMRC says that they use random audits to help them understand where there's non-compliance, as they describe it. But the purpose is not to maximise revenue from these audits. It's more about understanding what's happening. It did say that the figures used in this study were several years old and new methods have been uh, brought in to help HMRC understand the risks of underreporting and self-assessment. Thanks very much, Emma Agumang. You can read more about the tax gap at www.ft.com money. That's all from The Money Show this week. If you've got a story you'd like the FT Money team to follow up or a question to pose to our team of financial experts, get in touch. Email us money at ft.com, tweet us at FT Money, or comment on our articles online at ft.com slash money. We'll be back next Thursday at the usual time. Goodbye. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.